Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number five of the What the What podcast holiday season. I am one of your hosts, Eric Creech, here to say that it's turbo time. And I'm here with my co-host, as always, Ashby Brain and Kyle Whitley. Put the cookie down! <laughs> it's turbo time! Oh, poor baby. What an accent. I can't do it. I'm not even going to try. You should, though. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to wrap you in chains. For the fans. No. Do it. No, fans. I can't. No. No. no, not even a little bit. Man. It's turbo time. Disappointing. I know that wasn't a line from the... No. But it's but just fun to... It is. Do your Arnold, you know... Well, you automatically put your chest out. You're well, like, I mean, it's you turbo time. You, when you were younger, it was so like popular to do the Terminator. I'll be back. I'll be back. Hasta la vista, baby. Like, I hadn't watched that movie as a child, but I just learned about it. Kenley Pool, because other right, people were saying. Other people quoting. I mean, yeah. you like to do the accent. It's not just the phrase, but it's the sure. accent that goes with mm-hmm. it. So, uh, he was probably either on like Tiny Toons or Animaniacs, like as a child, like, you know, a cartoon impersonation. And I'm like, haha, that's funny. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was a movie. Like, I didn't see Terminator <laughs> as like a five year old. Here's what I love about Arnold Schwarzenegger is he's such a good actor, and he's so well known, and he's so famous now that not a single person has ever been like, so I mean, you can't, you can't like lose the accent. Like you can't True. do another. No, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's like every actor mm-hmm. in the world can do accents, right? Like mm-hmm. can do voices. Like that's part of your repertoire. But no one once, especially in this movie, mm-hmm. by the way, spoiler alert, looked at Arnold Schwarzenegger and was like. So here's the thing. You're playing like a... You're playing like a Howard Langston. All-American <laughs> dad. All-American yeah. And then <laughs> all-American dad arguably doesn't sound like the Terminator. So we jump into know. my nitpick here. <laughs> so early on. But that's Whoopsies! Okay. Whoopsie! Um, but no, I, I do have uh, something else to take up with your statement. Arnold Schwarzenegger's a good actor. I, I think, think he so, is. Actually. I think he is in yeah. such a way Argu- that there's part Argu- of you that's like he's bubble. not... Like, there's part of you in the back of your mind that's like, Arnold Schwarzenegger is not a good actor. But it's the point that he's so good at what he does that you're like, oh, he's a good actor, like, enough to so, get through. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, like, I kind of liken him to The Rock, who's another, you know, big personality. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he's not a great actor. But in the roles that he, especially over the past decade, mm-hmm. that he's chosen, they accentuate his positive so much that mm-hmm. you just enjoy him in those I roles. I guess maybe we should say strategic actor yeah. right yeah, like he's yeah. been really good at staying in his lane mm-hmm. and he's not just trying to do some capitalizing on mm-hmm. it you know right. some Shakespearean Hamlet whatever right. you know right. or he's not Leonardo training. DiCaprio but he's, he's not, not trying, trying to, do, to be Leonardo no. trying to do Oscar Academy Award right. winning whatever right. just like The Rock he's or, just either doing action stuff or fun kid stuff yeah where's the point in this movie too though there's not once that I'm thinking of him as his real person like oh it's Arnold Schwarzenegger is the dad yeah and I'm fine with that he's like the, he's playing the role of Arnold as dad. Yeah, like he's not I don't even question Howard Langston. He's playing. No, this is Arnold. This is Arnold, who, who is a dad in this movie. Yeah, this is just him. You know, this is the movie based around him as if this was his family. Like, and I don't question that. The fact that he sells mattresses, I'm okay with. Like, this is what he does when he's not lifting weights. Like, he's just trying to find a good job to support his family, and now he sells mattresses. Like, I'm convinced the entire time. So much so that spoiler alert, maybe one of your fun facts, but in the very beginning when he's taking multiple phone calls. Like and answering the phone, and somebody slides him a contract to sign. He literally signs Arnold Schwarzenegger on the contract. Oh wow! <laughs> like his name is signed there. Like it's not Howard Lanks. Look, 
Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I think it's great that it's just like not one of us were like, that's not the name of your character. Meta. We're like, no, this is just that's who he is. Well, before we jump all the way to the movie, let's go ahead and welcome everyone to the What the What podcast where we know you want the Turbo Man action figure with mm-hmm. the arms and the legs that move and the boomerang shooter and the rock and roll jetpack and the realistic voice actor that says five different phrases, including it's turbo time. No, no, come on, the accent. It's turbo time. There you go. Accessories sold separately. Battery Batteries time. not included. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcast. And of course, rate and review us five stars only, positive vibes only. Yes, five stars. We don't want any of those one-star reviews like we were some kind of knockoff turbo. Man. That's right, guys. It's where, Christmas time. Where don't be like that. There's assembly required. Come on. we Give us five, please. Mm-hmm. Did you really just shake bells at the mic? Oh. She did. It's Christmas time. Oh, my goodness. I told everyone I would come thematically prepared to every episode. Wow. And this episode is jingle all the way. Yes, I love that's it. amazing. Thanks. I love it. Um, <laughs> that's crazy enough. The movie has nothing to do with jingles all the way, well, but right? but it does now with it your wrist. It mentions it so many times in the movie. They you know they do they? yeah they mention jing- uh, like jingle bells, Batman smells, okay. with the password. Okay. Anyway, please also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at What the What Media. All, all one word. word. All one word. All one word. And find us on Twitter at WTW underscore media. Now the accent's just going in and out. At WTW. Keep going, Eric. All sorts of accents. Take it home. No fault of my own. It's just natural at this point. On today's episode. We're taking a deep dive. Deep. Deep. Sorry, I got water. Deep dive. Into the 1996 Christmas classic. Well, classic? Christmas movie. Jingle all the way. Now, this is your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen Jingle All the Way, <laughs> you're being warned. Spoilers incoming. Although if you haven't seen it, I don't know if we should share this or not. But Kyle found it on YouTube with no with ads. Yes. Yeah. So it's not even like somebody illegally put it. No, YouTube has it up there, and you can watch it with ads. Yeah. So Eric, I think, had to All rent official. it. Official. I rented it through Amazon, which I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. I have it on DVD, and I was literally like. <laughs> I'm not good. Well, I was like, instead of going get my DVD player right now, let me at least see if there's like behind the scenes things on YouTube that I can watch first. And so by typing in Jingle All the Way, that was the first thing that came up. And I was like, well, we'll see how this works. And it's just like every other thing on YouTube. After five seconds, you can skip the ads and just keep watching yep. the movie. So. Yep. That's how I experienced it. Is it also on Netflix? No. No. Wow. I searched all of the major streaming things and couldn't find it. And that's when I resorted to YouTube. So if you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube with some ads. Full uh, free. Full free. So go check it out. Um, and then come back to this podcast because we're about to tell you what happened. Ashley, take it away. Okay. We haven't done this in a while. And this is totally dry. So it's a dry run. Here we it's go. It's a dry run. Workaholic Minneapolis mattress salesman Howard Linkson lives with his wife Liz and nine-year-old son Jamie, but is unable to find time for his family and often put in a bad light by his neighbor, divorcee Ted Matlin, who harbors unrequited feelings for Liz. After missing Jamie's karate class graduation, Howard resolves to redeem himself by fulfilling Jamie's Christmas wish of an action figure of Turbo Man, a popular television superhero. Despite Liz actually having asked him to buy one two weeks earlier, which Howard forgot about. Gentlemen. On Christmas Eve, Howard sets out to buy the toy, but finds that every store has sold out. And in the process, develops a rivalry with Myron Larrabee. Larrabee? Larrabee. Larrabee. Larrabee, a postal worker father with the same ambition. 
In desperation, Howard attempts to buy a figure from a counterfeit toy brand, which results in a massive fight in the warehouse that is broken up when the police arrive. Howard narrowly escapes arrest by posing as an undercover officer. Exhausted at his failure and out of fuel, Howard goes to Mickey's diner and calls home, intending to tell his wife the truth. Jamie answers the phone but keeps reminding Howard of his promise to be home in time for the annual holiday wintertainment parade. That's a great name for, for it a is. parade. It is. Really great is. job. Well, how have they not stolen this for something? Kinley Parade right? needs to be renamed. The uh, Holiday Wintertainment Parade. Yes. Uh, losing his patience, Howard yells at Jamie, after which he feels guilty and depressed after Jamie scolds him for not keeping his promises. Howard finds Myron at the diner, and they share their experiences over coffee. And other drinks. Yes. While Myron tells Howard of his resentment towards his own father for failing to get him a Johnny 7 OMA for Christmas. A radio station advertises a competition for a Turbo Man doll. The ensuing fight between Howard and Myron results in the diner's phone getting damaged, forcing Howard and Myron to race to the radio station on foot, where the DJ tells them the competition was actually for a Turbo Man gift certificate. The police are alerted, but Howard and Myron escape after Myron threatens the officers with a seemingly phony letter bomb. Officer Alexander Hummel, whom Howard has run into twice already, investigates the package only to have it detonate. That's detonate is the right word. Much to the men's shock. Sorry, I'm just counting how many federal laws have been broken here. Multiple. Police officer, a dozen. Uh, Around bomb, dozen. Bomb threat. Bomb actually detonate. Anyway. Right. Upon returning to his suburban, Howard finds it stripped by car thieves with Mary Xmas spray painted on the windshield. He returns home in a tow truck, only to find Ted putting the star on his Christmas tree. You don't put a star on another man's no, Christmas tree. No, never. Sorry. In retaliation, Howard attempts to steal the Turbo Man doll Ted bought for his son Johnny, very safely nestled under the tree, by the way, mm-hmm. but he can't bring himself to steal from a child. Unfortunately, he is caught in the act and left alone while his family goes to the Christmas parade with Ted. By the way, he was caught by a reindeer. Um, just That's true. A very angry reindeer. Very angry mm-hmm. reindeer. Uh, after letting Jamie and Johnny out of the car, Ted attempts to seduce Liz, but she violently rejects him by hitting him with a thermos of eggnog. And that Ted... You know, non-alcoholic eggnog, as he said, that Ted offered to her. Meanwhile, remembering his promise to Jamie to go to the parade, Howard decides to attend as well, but he runs in to Officer Hummel again. The ensuing chase leads to Howard hiding inside of a storage room where he is mistaken for the actor portrayed in Turbo Man and dressed in a highly technological costume. As Turbo Man, Howard uses his chance to present a limited edition action figure to Jamie, but they are confronted by Myron dressed as Turbo Man's enemy, the mentor. That's right, folks. Harry Potter in yes. this place. The Dementors. Expecto Patronum! <laughs> Despite Howard's pleas for Myron to stop, a long chase ensues involving even a jetpack flight. Myron acquires the toy from Jamie but is cornered by police officers while Howard saves his son. Howard reveals himself to his family and apologizes for his shortcomings. The police return the toy to Jamie as Myron is arrested, but Jamie decides to give the toy to Myron for his son. Proclaiming his father as his true hero. We never find out what happens to Myron. He's probably in prison still. I'd imagine um, that Turbo Man doll is in like evidence locker somewhere. Yeah, probably. The crowd from the parade carries Howard uh, for being a hero while Myron and Liz and Jamie look on and smile. End of movie, right? No. Mm-mm. MCU, eat your heart out. There's a post credit scene that what? I didn't, didn't. I missed it. I didn't know about it's there. it. Oh my goodness. This is the first and I'm sure I'm... it's referenced in the sequel. No. No. Later that night... The sequel that shall not be named. Not it didn't named. happen. We're going to talk about it, but I don't want to talk about it. Later that night, Howard finishes decorating their Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. 
I mean, what's the point? People do it, and I can't understand how. What? I don't get it. It's the same people that take their tree down on Christmas. Like, I mean, at this point, why put a tree up at all if you're putting it together the day before Christmas? Right. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep it up for like a week. By putting the star on top. However, when Liz, she makes a comment like, you know, if you'll do all this for our son, I'm wondering, what did you get me? And he shockingly realizes that he forgot to get her a gift. Of course. Of course. So Howard's divorced soon. Uh, Some information about the film. Jingle All the Way, 1996 American Christmas family comedy film directed by Brian Levant. Stars Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad as two rival fathers, uh, workaholic Howard Langston and postal worker Myron Larrabee. Both desperately trying to purchase a Turbo Man action figure for their respective sons on a last-minute shopping spree on Christmas Eve. The film's title is borrowed from the lyrics of a popular Christmas song, Jingle Bells. Inspired by real-life Christmas toy sellouts for such items as the Cabbage Patch Kids, the film was written by Randy Cornfield. Producer Chris Columbus rewrote the script, adding in elements of satire about the commercialization of Christmas, and the project was picked up by 20th Century Fox. Um, Originally, this is interesting, um, because delays to Fox's reboot of The Planet of the Apes allowed Schwarzenegger to come on board, uh, Chris Columbus opted to cast Sinbad instead of Joe Pesci. My goodness. Well, when they have relations, because was he the director uh, for Home Alone? Home Alone, yeah. yeah. He was, yeah, so, yeah. I thought yeah. that was interesting. We could have had Joe Pesci and uh, Pesci. Yeah, in I don't role. think that. I don't think it would have I don't think it would have worked. Mm-hmm. No, I, I can't buy Joe Pesci, especially him being in two other Christmas films before. Right. And he was a out and out just bad person. Right. I don't think I would have bought him as a dad. Yeah. You know, a caring dad wanting to get a whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jingle of the Wally was, uh, was set and filmed in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul at a variety of locations, including the Mall of America. Upon release, Jingle All the Way grossed $129 million worldwide, received generally negative reviews from critics because they have no heart. Um, and in 2001, Fox would order to pay $19 million to Murray Hill, uh, publishing, uh, Murray Hill Publishing for stealing the idea for the film, and the verdict was overturned three years later. Jingle All the Way is the third and final collaboration between Sinbad and Phil Hartman after Coneheads and Houseguest, and it was the last film featuring Hartman to be released during his lifetime. In 2014, uh, the film no. was followed by no. a sequel, Jingle All the Way to, starring no. label Larry the Cable Guy. No. And that's it. That's the last time we will mention that today. Yeah. No, I'm going to mention it again. No. I'm just curious why. Um, let's jump into uh, our questions here. Did you like this film, and does it hold up 25 years later? Who would like to go first? Being like the child of the group, I will go and say, that, yes, I still love this movie. Uh, I feel like it's one of those things we've talked about before in the past you have to put your nostalgia goggles on a little bit, but I want to say you just got to put your Christmas goggles on. Cause I feel like there's this thing across the board with Christmas movies that we will watch every year, no matter what, because there's somewhat of a Christmas like relation to our childhood there. It doesn't mean that the movie's great or that it translates now to be just as great of a movie. You know, something like home alone, still a great movie regardless. This one, not so much, but I feel like for me watching it as a child, I remember so much of this being just like it for us, it was power Rangers. This is equivalent of power Rangers. Turbo man is modeled after a power Ranger. His whole deal was modeled after power Rangers, his villains and everything. So I remember wanting something so drastically bad and my mom making that list on, you know, Thanksgiving. So that on black Friday, her and all like my aunt and my grandma, they're going hardcore nonstop all day. As long as they can uh, shopping on black Friday first to find those, Gifts that you really wanted, your child really wanted to make sure you want on Christmas Eve out there trying to find your child or your gift. But um, either way, so it hit close to home for me. 
I do remember seeing this as a child in theaters, and I feel like that's another thing that is it just has a connection to me. The same way there's like the, that box set or little shelf you have of Christmas movies that like I'm going to at least watch all of these once this Christmas. Multiple ones I'll probably watch 10, 20 times. The other ones maybe I'll watch once or so. I'd say I'd probably watch this one a couple times maybe compared to the other. Uh, but for me, it holds up enough that I would love to share it with Sky to see it. Uh, I definitely think there's some things that don't quite work in this day and age compared to back then in 1996, I think is when it was released. So like, but that's where I feel about it. Here's so, my timer. My bell went off. So I, um, <laughs> this was literally the, this week was the first time I've seen this movie since I watched it originally in, oh, wow. in the Howl theater, um, back in 1996. Yeah. So what were your um, thoughts after seeing and, it first time 20? Well, it's so interesting to watch this on Amazon prime because if you mm. pause the movie and I had to several times, I watched this in little segments. They tell you like, Little, you know, all the actors in the scene, and then they tell you fun facts like a little hmm. goose or whatever. Like, for example, um, this was like a goof when Ted is seducing Liz in the minivan, the rear view mirror has been removed. Hmm. Like, just something like little shot. interesting yeah. facts. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, there's part of me that's like, wants to go back and watch it on Amazon Prime again, just pause it every sure. five, 10 seconds to see what new things you can learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I thought that was really interesting. This was a fun movie. Uh, to me, I mean, it's. You know, when you think of your favorite Christmas movies, you go to your standbys, Home Alone, Home Alone 2, Santa Claus, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, Elf, um, you know, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, mm-hmm. a Christmas Story, you know, stuff like that. And Christmas you, Vacation. Christmas Vacation. Um, these are, this is not a movie that will make anybody's top ten, I don't think. Um, well, maybe top well, I'm about to say, ten's kind of large. Ten's kind of large. Definitely not anyone's top five. Mm. Um, but it's an enjoyable one. It's something, you know... I would definitely put it in the rotation. I, I mean, I told uh, I told Ivy, she was like, you're watching this without me? It's like, no, no, I'm watching this for research. I'll watch it for, like, enjoyment mm-hmm. later this Christmas season. <laughs> I love how we have a difference. <laughs> um, this was for, like, the pod. This is for work. This is for this, work. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I thought young Anakin Skywalker uh, was a fun child actor. Mm-hmm. That's where I know him yeah. from. Yes, that was Jake Lloyd. I didn't do any due diligence, that was Jake tell. Lloyd, three years before. I was like, this kid looks so familiar. Yeah. I kept being three, like. Three years before episode one, Phantom Menace. I kept thinking, that's the kid from Big Daddy. He can, like, wipe his own butt. And it's no, like, wait, no, no, that's not him. That was not him, no. Um, I do feel like it holds up 25 years later for no other reason than the fact there was a post credit scene. And that's they're true. all the rage now. I mean... Yeah. It was ahead of its time. Well ahead of its time there. Um, I think the idea of cr- the over-commercialization of America is a theme that will stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, um, when you... That scene where they open the doors and they just trample over the poor employee, mm-hmm. um, I felt bad in that moment. Like it was, it was probably funny to me twenty five years ago. It's horrific now because people have died in sure. exact situations like that. Yeah, all in search of yeah, you know, TVs and toasters and yeah. I was like, man, I'd really love elbows. to say that all of this is played up for like the Hollywood effect, mm-hmm. but no, this is no, all very, very real. realistic. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that definitely. You know, it holds up if, if in a sad way. Uh, but as a Christmas movie, thumbs up. I mean, I'd watch it again, and I'd watch it every year now that I know how much I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So, Ashby, what about you? I remember enjoying this film as a child, I think. Um, I probably would have never watched it again if it hadn't been for doing this episode because it just doesn't, it didn't stick with me like other Christmas movies I watched as a child for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It's probably not in my top 20 favorite Christmas movies. I don't think it's a bad movie. And I being forced 
if you want to say that, to watch it again, I was like, oh, there are actually parts of this that are kind of enjoyable. Um, but it just, it didn't make it into my personal, like, sphere of influence for makes, whatever reason. Makes so. sense. I mean, I will say, in my opinion, this is the be- uh, best Christmas movie with the word jingle in it. Definitely better than jingle jangle. Yes, I will agree with that. The Netflix, y'all, y'all, it was a Netflix, Netflix last year, right? Last year. Yeah. Y'all hyped up Jingle Jangle. I don't know. I really enjoyed that. It I liked it. It was a Christmas movie, though. That's the thing that bummed me out. Like, it was just. I mean, yeah, it but it was anytime. so delightful. There was snow on the ground. <laughs> I just think of how you toys. like singing things. So I'm like, oh, you're cool. And love I love this. musicals. Yeah. I mean, it was delightful. My expectations were well, much different. And I think that's the reason I didn't enjoy it. That makes film. me I, sad. I, for I expected you. a really good Christmas movie. And it was marketed as such. Mm, I get that. And it wasn't. So, I mean, it will definitely, it can definitely make uh, a controversial um, Christmas list. I wonder if we should do that at some point this year. Um, hmm. But yeah, like, you know, I like Jingle All the Way. I'll jump in and just say, too, that I think some of the things that still make it relevant, and I mean, I know this is a topic <clears throat> later, but I, as I was watching it, I was making notes in my phone yesterday, or the day yesterday, I think. Uh, and there's a lot of that reminds me of the beginning where you literally start with a dad that's a workaholic that overworks. Um, it's very similar to how the Santa Claus starts where his dad is working, but his dad is actually partying versus this uh, one. I his, love those movies. Yeah. Like this, his dad is, no, I'm still working. I'm still on the phone. It's not me having a party and running like it's me. I like, remember, you're my favorite customer. Yes. I can't put the phone down. You want 25 mattresses? Great. You don't like the color? We'll fix it for free. Like. I get that because my dad was a salesman, and so I remember many vacations him like stepping out on the like balcony to like make phone calls for work or like things like that. And so I remember that. And don't get me wrong, like my dad was amazing and like great, and I'm very appreciative of everything and the hard work he did. But I remember seeing this and being like, I don't want to be that dad. Even as a child, I was like, I don't want that. Even now, especially with a child, I'm very much still like, I don't want that. Uh, even if for no reason at all other than I also don't want creepos like Ted sneaking in on my wife and my daughter. Uh, and so I don't know there's a lot of random things I like something I think that still holds up now is Jamie's bedroom is literally Marvel everywhere Mm -hmm. like there's a giant Captain America painted on his wall his bed sheets are Marvel there's a Hulk mask on the wall like there's literally everything everywhere like I would have loved his room as a child Mm -hmm. this is like in the mid 90s where Marvel was broke so they were just excited for they probably didn't even charge for it free publicity we'll take it yeah and so the fact of that the fact that he's like has his own little art table very much hit me from the 90s. Like, I'm sure kids still draw and do things today, but we didn't have the internet. We didn't have, like, these... We had video games, but not like this. We did these things called activities. Yes. And his room is set up for activities. <laughs> so many activities. Yes. And so the fact that his dad comes in and they spend an evening drawing together. Like, after, of course, the dad's, like, screwed up and he's made up for it. But I just felt there's a lot of things like that. And um, I did also learn from this and also from Family Matters. I'm never, like, if Sky wants something really bad for Christmas, I'm going to go ahead and get it. I may pay more for it on Amazon and getting it shipped to me. But if I've learned anything about from Turbo Man or Freddy Teddy from Family Matters, you don't wait until the last minute to try to get these things. That's right. No. Um, I'm going to go ahead and skip ahead to our third question. We'll get back to question number sure. two in a little bit. Uh, what worked the best for y'all in this movie? Um, and I can start if y'all need to. Sure. Um, Phil Hartman. Amazing. Was a treasure. Uh, he was so good at everything he did. Um, my first experience with Phil Hartman was actually on The Simpsons, where Same. he, he yeah. played um, he played uh, Troy McClure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, I I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such films as Christmas Eight and Christmas Eight Goes to Summer Camp, um, or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he was also uh, the lawyer. Um, 
I can't remember the lawyer's name, um, but he was also the monorail guy. He played just yeah. a, a few different characters on The Simpsons. He so swarmy and just. But my real, like, first real life, like, him in an actual movie was probably this movie. But I didn't realize it, but from the movie Small Soldiers, uh, which was released um, mm. after his death. Um, and he just plays this, you know, this, you know, stuck up, like, I'm better than you and I'm going to just, like, be all cheery about it character so well. Um, and I just, he, you know, he wasn't really the villain in this movie, just more of a minor inconvenience um, or minor plot point, you know, inconvenience here. But he just did it so well. He, he did so well with these characters. And I, I'm, you know, I hate... Uh, that the world missed out on some of his comic brilliance uh, since his passing 20, 20 plus years ago. Because he passed away two years after this, I yes. think. Or after at least, anyway. Yes. and um, Not to jump into it, but it's the same wait, thing I was... the guy who played Ted? Yeah. yeah. Okay, just making sure mm-hmm. that like, I'm on the right page. I was thining about it, too, because I, you start the movie and you already hate Ted. Yeah. But I hate Ted because I know who Ted turns out to be. If you try to go back and watch it with a little bit of a clear mindset and not think so much about what you know about Ted... There's parts of it where he honestly seems like a somewhat innocent dude that really loves his son. And I do think he really loves his son. I think there's that there. You have all these ladies like hitting on him at the game. All these ladies. And he has like facial things that make it seem a little creepy. But beyond that, it's also like this isn't him necessarily going after the ladies. The ladies are coming after him. So you can read it one way or the other if you don't know how much of a creep he really is later. I mean, if you want to really dive into it, he can be... Early on, he can be a very sympathetic character because he he can he, he went through a divorce. His you know the kids staying with him for Christmas, and so I don't know if he has full custody. Who knows what happened to his wife? His wife might have been a really bad parent. Who knows? I don't know that. Well, the first time we see him talk to Arnold, like in the driveway with the reindeer, a lot of the conversation isn't so much Ted being like I'm snarky and everything else. He literally says one of my favorite lines of. You can never make a kid's Christmas too magical. Yeah. And it's like, and that's not you being fake. That's just saying, like, I, I really want to do something awesome for my kid. And he's also like, it may get icy later. You may want to put some chains on your tires. Well, yeah. And there's a part of me that is, is like, is he being genuine there? Or is he doing all this because he sure. wants to win his son's yeah, see, yeah. You know? Well, and also the way that he ends up, like, being towards Liz later yes. is just, like, uber problematic. And it's that's hard. What I mean. I, like, that colors. All Everything of, else. Right, because then I'm like, okay, well, is he being sincere? Mm-hmm. Or is is this all like a very calculated... Because the other thing is, is that when like he's being really nice about the cookies and stuff and like being the best dad. Yes. And then the minute she exits the room... And he burns he, himself. He burns himself. And then he gets mad. He's like, you kids, quiet down. Like mm-hmm. he gets angry. Yeah. And well, so you're like, well, is he a different dad behind closed doors? Sure. Possibly. And there's a scene that makes me think he just feels inferior to Arnold's character. Right. Where, like, you know, she's like, Ted, can you drive us to the parade? Because, you know, she's just mad that Arnold tried to steal the Turbo Man doll or whatever. And uh, he says to her, you, you know, you can't punch your way out, you can't, you know, lift your way out of this one. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, yeah, you can't like, bench press yeah. your way out of it. Yeah. Like, they haven't really mentioned the fact that he, he lifts waiter, weights or anything. That's just a, a shot at his physique. Yes. That's out of left field. So, yes. you know, for a, you know, you know, Christmas comedy or whatever, probably too deep of an analysis, but it's like, does he have issues where he feels like, oh, this is how I'm better than you, and I need to point out every way I'm better than you. Right. I to point out that, hey, you right. have chains on your tires because mm-hmm. I want you to know that I would have done that, and therefore I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. You know, just... 
But anyway, Phil Hartman. But he does a great job. Where you're like, a fantastic yeah. job. Yeah, he there. does. He Just does. A slimy, hated kind of guy. Yes. So, uh, what worked the best for y'all? I'll let you go, Asprey. Uh, mm, mm, uh, <laughs> Unless you want me to go, then I'll go. I, I mean, I don't like, I hate, I don't want to say nothing because I, I did not enjoy watching the movie. I just can't really pinpoint. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll jump into this and I feel like <laughs> it, you can relate to it some is where is realistic to me. Maybe not every little thing, but the the solid premise of this, especially for the time period, and I mentioned a little bit ago, but it's it's very much how the world was then, especially. We didn't have Amazon to get on and catch all the deals. We didn't have Walmart already putting Black Friday deals out now for this. Like, if your child wanted something for Christmas, like a special toy, you literally had to go out and find it. And even in, you know, when you had Toys R Us and KB Toys and all the other places that stocked up on toys you still didn't necessarily guarantee that you were going to find this toy. Because if it's the toy of the year, everybody's looking for it. The same way like Buzz Lightyear is a thing, Cabbage Patch dolls. Furby became a giant thing that everybody wanted. My sister didn't want one, but she got one because everybody else wanted one so much. My grandma thought she probably wanted one. But like, you know, Tickle Me Elmo came out the same year that this movie was put out. And I remember that was the first time as a child seeing anything on the news. I didn't watch the news, but my parents would watch it while we were getting ready for work or what to go to school. And I remember like that being a thing of our childhood was tickle me. Elmo was not able, you couldn't find him anywhere, but everybody wanted one. Like I didn't want one. I was out of that age bracket, but it was the toy of the year that nobody could find. And you know, there's a difference part of it too, where as an adult, you think of it's just a toy. It is what it is. But to realize, like, your child, that means something very much to them. Like, it's not so much like, this is you show me your love for me. It's just, if my child really wants this one thing, you want to do your best to get it. So I can understand that. Um, another thing that was simple, but it reminded me, especially when we talked about the Power Rangers thing, is while he's hunting for Turbo Man, you can find billions of boosters everywhere. And nobody wants booster. I remember as a child, like, you could be looking for the Green Ranger in any store, couldn't find him, but you could find a million like putties or villains or whatever from the Power Rangers. Right, of course. Same way with like Ninja Turtles. Like you could find all sorts of crazy versions, but the one thing you were looking for was like a needle in a haystack to ever find. So I think they did a, a good job of that by not just saying there's this one toy that you know you can't find anywhere, but they also include the fact that there are toys from this series you can find, but it's not the main thing that everybody wants. Um, and let me see. One thing that worked best for me too is we talked about a little while ago about how Arnold's acting is and just the, all of the action movies he's been in where he does great, but he also does some comedy and stuff. Great. There's the scene where we talked about real quick in the synopsis of he's in the warehouse full of crooked Santas. They're all like, you know, he's gotten screwed over in the midst of this, the police bust in and it just so happens he bends over and grabs a police badge. But in that split second, he is Arnold Schwarzenegger, the action movie star. Mm -hmm. That when he yeah. comes up, like, you I know, that. I've been doing this for years and you've ruined, you know, all this the sloppiest you know work I've ever seen. Yeah. 100% you're like, I get it. Like, this is not a man faking. Like, automatically, like, I take him dead serious. And their reaction to it, you don't. You could have other people in this scene, like, you know somebody else like i don't want to like spoil too much but like some tim allen or anybody else you wouldn't take that as serious you'd be like how in the world are these police officers falling for this he stands up and does that you immediately believe he's real they believe Absolutely. he's real he walks out of the door and the guy out there doesn't question him a bit they like 
So I think he was able to blend that in and work it well, where they were able to throw it in to be like, don't forget, he's this huge action star. But they didn't go over, you know, he's holding people up with, you know, missiles trying to buy this toy. Like, they didn't blend it that much. But I don't know. That's what I liked. Whatever happened to Sinbad? Like, he was so great in this and in the movie First Kid. He was, yeah. Um, and, no. He was in Conehead. Yeah. And, um, some other things. But I, I was thinking Blank Check. That's Juice. That's Juice, yeah. Um, you know, I remember him specifically from this movie and from First Kid. Like, those are my main two... And I really enjoyed whatever happened to him. Like, did he fall off the map or something? I don't know. Has anyone looked at his IMDb page lately? He has has an IMDb page? He has an Instagram, because I literally (laughs) tagged him in a picture as we got started. And it said Sinbad something, but I don't remember what it is now. I did make a note while watching it, is there's probably a generation of kids now, though, that don't know who Sinbad is, one. There's a chance they may not know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is, other than he used to be some big muscular actor. He was on Celebrity Apprentice. See, like, but for us as kids, even if we didn't see Terminator, we didn't see other stuff, you still knew, knew who he was. Who he, he was, was all over the 80s and 90s. He I was, mean, yeah. I mean, like, he did all his action stuff in the 80s, and then he started going over to, like, comedies. Um, what was uh, he did? Uh, it was Junior, uh, Twins. Twins, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, the 90s were all the rage for, like, trying to get these big, like, action guys to do, like, dumb comedies or kid comedies or whatever. According to IMDb, he started doing a lot of voice work and never looked back. So Sinbad. Through the 2000s and even today, he does a ton of voice stuff, but he doesn't do a lot of like in-person acting anymore. All this stuff says voice. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty... I mean, I won't say it's easy work, but I mean... It definitely it takes talent. It takes talent to do that, but right. not as physical, so... Right. Yeah. And still lucrative, so yeah. there you yeah. go. Yeah, if you're a good voice actor, good you for forever, you. Mm-hmm. So. So anyway, uh, I just want to give props to Sinbad. You know, he was fantastic. So. Well, I would say too, like, and it's another fun fact technically, but I saw where like he improvised a lot of his lines, and mm-hmm. I would wondered while watching it, just to mm-hmm. be truthful, because there's a lot of things that slightly play like the race card in there, like, and not to say in a bad way, but like, oh, that's one of my <laughs> what age the worst. Yeah, and it does, and it's just very much to the point that seeing it now, right? I'm like, who wrote these lines, right? Because yeah. him saying it himself is one thing, and that's where I'm like, okay, I can appreciate that now. Right. But was there somebody in a writer's room right. that was like, let's throw this whole Rodney King thing in there, where it's like, right. this is so much bigger and more important yes. than what you're joking about in this movie. Right, right. So as I found out later that Sinbad made up a lot of his lines, I was like, okay, like coming from Sinbad, it's a little bit better than right. some like random if, dude. If he writing. thought it would be funny at the bottom of this dog pile to be like, Rodney King, Rodney yeah. King, you know, then like if that's coming from him yes then then i i would give it a lot more leeway yeah as like a joke of its error but if a if a white writer that's all i think it's a that, white dude sitting in a thing and a like white director it. told him to say that yep. and it was that or like you know then he becomes the guy that doesn't want to make waves mm-hmm. you know it's the 90s mm-hmm. and now that we know better and we know that there used to be a lot of pressure and sure. maybe still is to conform sure. and to just say what's on the page right mm-hmm. I've been listening to the One Tree Hill Rewatch podcast, mm-hmm. and they're very honest about some of the things as young female actors that they were asked to do by older adult males. Sure. That they were like, this isn't how teenage girls act or sound mm-hmm. or look, you know? Yeah. And that it was very uncomfortable for them. And so, yeah, I just, there were some, there were some things that were played for laughs that I was like, that would not be funny today, yeah. you know, in the context. 
And so there was that part that made me think about those lines where I didn't feel like quite as like on edge about it. Still is not great. I'm not like saying it's great, but to know that, but then to know because of the way he acted, Arnold also improvised or improv whatever right back to it, to a lot of what he said. So it's like one of those things you would love to see what they really went back and forth with and how that played out. Um, but I did think that was neat. And that was the takeaway that they could get that. Cause you talk about Joe Pesci was looked at as a possible like character, you know, or instead of Sinbad him, and it's like, I can't see that at all. But it's because of what Sinbad brought to the character. Right. You're going to put tons of people in that character, but it wasn't what Sinbad brought to the table. So I definitely think it holds up well for what he did and the quality of job he did to make right. that character come to well, life. Well, and I think he did a great job of making Myron, like, villainous, but still funny. Yeah. But so still sympathetic. sympathetic. You know, like, there were... He was... He was juggling a lot of balls with that character sure. in the screen time he had. And I think he did a really good job. And I think that he and Schwarzenegger played well off of one another for the sort of the emotional roller coaster they mm-hmm. had to ride between finding commonalities and like down moments and then being sworn enemies sure. the next right. second and like just up and down, you know, mm-hmm. that was, that was really interesting. Absolutely. Uh, nitpicks. Let's do nitpicks real quick before we get our favorite quotes and scenes. Um, my nitpick, or what age the worst, um, you know, joking about bombs in the mail. Yeesh. That's a little not funny to me. Right. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think it is It is a fact to say that there you can think of a lot of things as pre and post 9-11, right? Yeah, and so this sure. is very this pre-9-11. Is very, very pre-9/11. And so, yeah, you can make jokes about bombs. Well, the thing, too, is like I remember in our childhood, and again, this could be me from an adult thinking back on childhood, it could be something as simple as we saw this in movies so much that we're like, this is what's in the mail. But I feel like I do remember new stuff happening at the time because it was a lot more of mail thing. You heard about mail carriers and stuff. I will say it was very, it was played very like coyote or wily coyote style. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, the acne bomb or whatever just blows up in his face. Right. He was, you know, unharmed. Thank goodness Mm -hmm. because that's how how bombs work. Blew a ceiling tiles. Yeah. Yeah, They're they're harmless to people, but for ceiling tiles they're very deadly. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, for me, uh, also, I mean, we mentioned this earlier, Arnold has a family man named Howard Langston. Hmm. Um, very, uh, very, what age the worst there. Um, and then uh, Ted's kid suggesting that divorce is a good thing, the best thing that ever happened to him. Um, maybe your parents should get a divorce. It, it's great. I feel um, like you see that. Like, there's some other movie, because I kept want, waiting for him to say it, but it's somewhere else because he doesn't say it. But it's like, it's great. You get two Christmases, you get two everything. Like, that's in another movie, and I don't remember which one it is, but I feel like it's another Christmas movie, but I don't know. I thought um, maybe not a nitpick, but something that, you know, just aged, didn't age well because of technology, just how many payphones he had to yes. use. Mm-hmm. Because cell phones didn't exist, so yes. every time he had to call home and update on, like, where they were and what he was mm-hmm. doing. He had to find a cell, f- I mean, a payphone. He found a little yeah. payphone in the little coffee shop there that actually had a door, like it was actually mm-hmm. an actual booth. Those existed. Those yes. existed. Yeah. <laughs> I think I wrote something along the same lines of internet didn't. Like, I think it technically existed, but it's not in the way we know it now. Not in the way we know it now. But right. I think there's part of it that's, like, that's a fun part to maybe watch with, like, a younger generation hey, to be like how we, this is how we did Christmas 25 right, years ago kids right. yeah. we this killed is, each other at the mall that's yeah. right <laughs> we still do somewhat but some of us just buy on Amazon but now, now we just Amazon yeah. it yeah. Yeah. yeah no email no text messages just the wild wild west you didn't know where someone was what they were doing how it was, was going this was two years before wild wild west came out <laughs> oh wow 
Wow. Sorry. Well, it, there's that scene too, like where they're standing on the street going back and forth and some random dude comes running down the street yelling to the person driving in the car. I always as a child thought he was talking to Arnold for some reason, but he's not. He's telling his buddy that's driving the car, like, just got word that so-and-so store, whatever, across town got an extra shipment. Let's go. Like, it was one of those things. It wasn't you're on social media and it's like, update. It was update. word of mouth. Yeah. Yep. Somebody yep. made, you know, in the same way. They didn't call him. Like, they just worked, you know, somehow somebody heard word of it. And I thought that was cool. Um, one thing I wrote, and it's a nitpick, it's not so much a didn't age well, but there's that scene in the mall where they have all the balls that they're throwing, like, with numbers on them to get your chance to win. Arnold and Sinbad get hit in the face with at least, like, 20 to 30 balls. And it's like, if you would open your eyes... You could catch at least 10. But they both jump, close their eyes, get smacked in the face. Yep. And then don't right. get any. It's like that um, ongoing like meme joke that the reason Harry Potter wasn't sorted into Ravenclaw is because he tried to jump and catch a letter out of the air instead of just picking one up off the ground. <laughs> For sure. Fallen. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> what a loser. Oh, wow. Gryffindors. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? For sure. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, Hufflepuff we can say all that. The way. We can say that because yeah. we're Hufflepuffs and, Raven, and uh, Slytherins. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of your favorite scenes and or quotes? One that related to me is our childhood was a scene. It's where they're in the living room where he's like, I'm Turbo Man. He's like, you're always Turbo Man. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I see that. I literally wrote behind yes. it. I'm the Green Ranger. Yeah. You're always the you're Green always Ranger. You're always the Green Ranger. We had that argument in second and third grade. They're like, Eric, mm-hmm. we want you to be the Red Ranger. I'm like, but I want to be the Green Ranger. I don't want to mm-hmm. be the Red Ranger. The Ranger. I don't want to be the Blue Ranger. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. I always wanted to be the Yellow Ranger. Um, which I could always be because I was the one girl that didn't want to be the Pink Ranger. Exactly. No. You didn't fight anybody for that. Yeah. No. I mean, um, poor, poor Trini. I was definitely a tomboy. Pink, stupid. Pink's for (laughs) girls. Well, the Yellow Ranger didn't have a skirt either, so Mm -hmm. exactly. He was a dude. Was a dude. But anyway, um, the parade scene was fantastic. I literally paused it Mm -hmm. to catch all of the characters in costume because this, like, and I watched some research on it. I hope I'm not like ruining anybody's fun facts, but the parade was done at Universal Studios in Hollywood. Because they didn't think they could get the, you know everything done. I think it was in like April. So it was like hot. They're in Hollywood. They're using a set. And I was wondering, I literally Googled, how did they get the characters to be in this parade? And somebody else was saying, well, like Hollywood Studios is right there. It's Universal, not Hollywood Studios. It's Universal Studios. Probably some of these characters came from there. Plus, they probably just have costumes all around. But I paused it and made notes. It's like, there's Leonardo's and Ninja Turtle walking down the street. And it's like all legit costumes. It's not like... And I'm not bashing local people, but like the Kinley Parade. That's like I'm glad this is at night because if not, you'd be twice as scary right now. Yes. Right, um, right. Where it's like a knockoff. Right, that's version. not Bugs Bunny. <laughs> no, that's Bug Bunny's drunk uncle. Yes, yes. <laughs> it looks like the bunny from Donnie Darko. Yes, 100. Yeah. <laughs> percent um, But I made a note it's like Leonardo, Barbie. There's crayons, sock and bop and robots, Cat in the Hat, Snoopy, Bert and Ernie, Sonic, Paddington Bear, Cabbage Patch Kids, Gumby, the Tick. There's an etch a sketch walking down the street. The Tick. Yes, and it's like. I literally paused so I could make note of every person because it just made me so happy. It's like, that's part of my childhood walking on screen right now. Like, beyond anything Turbo Man. Wait, 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 wait. Was it called the Wintertainment Christmas Parade because it was themed around entertainment? It could have been. Characters? I will say, well, no, I'm not. I'm going to save this for one of my unanswered questions. So, okay, okay. Yes. Um, 
I love that parade. The parade scene. Poor Booster, by the way. No one likes Booster. No. Oh my goodness. Oh, that fair. was the other thing I about don't like the Booster. The humor that didn't age well. That the guy who was the actor playing the dude mm-hmm. playing Booster or whatever. I he's been in a ton of things, yeah. and his I think his lane is to play unlikable characters, he is, right? Yeah. But when he said, "Oh, what was he was smoking?" Chain smoking. Yes, and he was like. You got me here sweating like a dog in a Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, we can't oh. say that anymore. Nope. We can't say that anymore. Also, this is the kids' movie. I did, oh, see, yeah. like, I did see online where anytime it aired on like TV, that's edited out. Like, that oh, line wow. Is, it's okay. Not on okay, good. good. But good. it's on YouTube. Like, good. It's hot. We're going to edit that out. There's just going to be a long beep while I'm saying that. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. As the person oh, editing this, we'll see. I feel <laughs> like a beep inside of a beep. <laughs> beep, beep. So I've got two little uh, like conversations for my quotes mm-hmm. that I thought were just great. Um, this is from the uh, the announcers at the parade, like the newscasters or whatever. Uh-oh, uh, Lisa, it looks like Dementor has beaten Turbo Man. Oh, no, this could be the end of civilization as we know it. <laughs> I love how like, everyone had a so script. so serious. Like, yeah, yes. they had their part in it. Yeah. And then it's like, fly, fly, Bo, Turbo, fly Turbo Man. And Use your jetpack. And then one of them would be like, this isn't in the script, man. What are you yeah. doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then... Uh, Arnold, uh, when he's at the um, the knockoff toy warehouse, you guys are nothing but a bunch of sleazy conmen in red suits. What'd you call us? You heard me right. Conmen, thieves, degenerates, lowlifes, thugs, criminals. At the North Pole, then we're fighting words, partner. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, like, just to continue on with that, it was one of my favorite scenes because somehow as a child, as a giant wrestling fan, when you have this like huge Santa Claus that comes in without a shirt, I literally like marked out and was like, "That's the giant! That's the giant from WCW!" It's like in my in my childhood at that point, I'm like, "Wrestling's fully real. Why do they have him here? Like, oh god, who is this?" And I remember looking at the credits trying to find the giant, and it's like Paul White. Who's, yeah. who's Paul White? Like, who is that guy? Literally, when he came on the screen, mm-hmm. I was like. They had to go to a pro wrestler to find someone it bigger is. than Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I was like, I'm not even going to look it up. I'm going to wait for Eric and Kyle to tell me it's, who this guy is. He's more so known as the show. Big Show now. Okay. <laughs> and like, he's the Big Show. He's had his own Netflix he show. Was on, he was in the Waterboy as Captain Insano. Yeah, he oh, was. Uh, so That's I remember funny. as a child, though, that kind of blowing my mind to be like, where I fully believe wrestling was 100% real. Where it's like, mm-hmm. I didn't quite get that the giant wasn't his real name. Uh, and also, Vern Troyer is in this movie as the smallest Santa yeah. Claus. He also is not marked. Like, he didn't get credit title in this movie because he oh, didn't wow. speak. Uh, and I think it was, we always look back as Mini-Me from, like, Austin Powers. It hadn't right. come out yet, so we didn't know him yet. So Yeah, that's true. It's one of those things to go back and see now. I laughed out loud at the beginning, and Eric put it in the opening um, intro where um, he is just quoting where, he, where you can tell he's quoting the commercial mm-hmm. because he goes through everything the toy has and then he includes the some assembly required because mm-hmm. that <laughs> was totally, not included. Yeah, totally not included. something you would do as a kid though like right because that's how that's how you knew what you wanted for Christmas is or your birthday or whenever you would watch these commercials in between kids shows and honestly like going back to what holds up that huge rant that Sinbad gives about like toy companies mm-hmm. turning kids against parents and so like they realized that they didn't even have to market the parents that all they had to do was market to yep. kids during kids shows and kids would bug the mess out of their parents Man's for stuff mm-hmm. and I was like he has an excellent point he does. you know to the to the point I think now where we have a lot more 
updated legislation about how you can market to children. But again, the wild, wild west of the 90s, you know, I just, I remember watching a plethora of commercials and my parents would come home or whatever, and I would be like, I want the Etch-a-Sketch, and I want this thing that is like a, a spin and thing, and then, thing and then I want like this paint thing that spins around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to <laughs> cr- be your very best school. I think <laughs> if you can jump a whole yeah. lot more. I was like, and then it spins, and then it does this, mm-hmm. and then it has this, and then you can buy extra wings to clip on it, and, it, and I'm sure they were what? like, oh man, what is happening? And bop it. Yeah. I wanted Crossfire. I never got it. But those kids look like straight gangsters playing straight Crossfire. Right. It was dark. It was hot, like with fire shooting super, everywhere. Uh, I need amazing. the Super Soaker 5000, Dad. You yes. want a Nerf Crossfire, please. Mm-hmm. Also, while you're at the store, I need Ninja Turtle cereal. It has a Ninja Turtle bowl in the front. I need, I need right. that. And I know it's six ninety nine, and the Frosted Flakes are only three ninety nine. but... And I know it tastes horrible, but I get to eat it out of a Ninja Turtle bowl, Dad. Out of a bowl. I would always ask for Cookie Crisp, because it was chocolate chip cookies. But same, for those breakfast. commercials got you. Cookie Crisp. Oh, I remember. Just call my nose. <laughs> We were talking about that at work yesterday, like not quite sidebar, but like. Um, when are we gonna do a favorite commercials? Oh that's man! Oh, my or just goodness. even like slogans or like songs where it's just like you know, don't get don't be sad, get clad. What? Like we literally got said in the hall yesterday with somebody. I was like, well, don't be sad about it, and somebody else spoke up like down the hall, like get clad, and it's ingrained in your minds, and it's the same that's way the, that that's the power of pine saw, baby. It is, <laughs> and it's like it's the best part of waking up. It's folders in my cup where it's like. If I'm in the store on the coffee aisle, and since I don't have a sense of smell, I can't. There's not a. It's not worth my what money was the coffee brand to buy some big things. Was it JFG. Or I don't know. JFG. Like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. It, was, it was coffee or something. I just remember like the snowman walking in the house and the fact that there was a nice warm cup of folders that like the yeah. snow melted. It, it was a loving day. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. No, but it was also one with the snowman. And he drinks the uh, the Campbell's tomato soup. And that's maybe that's what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, when we do our '90s season, we'll definitely do an episode for just sure. On commercials. Just on commercials, so, man. Real uh, quick, a couple like scenes were like quotes. Ted just had great lines in the whole thing, but there's one part that's like, Ted's got it all under control. And I'm like, Ted needs to calm the heck down. Ted yeah. needs to yeah. talking in third person. He's yeah. not the rock. Okay. Um, also, you have later on, uh, uh, Arnold says, I'm not a pervert. I'm just trying to get a Tobamine doll. <laughs> that did hold up well. Yes. Because... It, at any time, I feel like after the 80s, if there was a strange man in a kid's play area, yes. there were a bunch of moms danger. that were going to come at you. Yes. There's one line in here. They I love smacking him with the person. I love lines in movies that are very much a throwaway line that is just so small that you probably miss it half the time. But it's the time when Sinbad's trying to run through the parade and he literally slams into a walking Christmas box. It's like a decorated person walking. It's a Christmas box. It's a present, yeah. He smashes into it. He's like, out of my way, box! And like slams into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> where it's just like I didn't catch it the first time the second time I'm like oh my gosh that's hilarious where he just slams his box um, the the end once we know that Arnold is Turbo Man yeah Ted comes in what's going on he's like Jamie's dad's Turbo Man he's like let's get out of here <laughs> yeah. well, Dad, you, you smell, smell like, like barf, barf. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also oh. love how Rita Wilson does this really interesting thing where she realizes that Howard is Turbo Man and she's like Howard mm-hmm. and then she looks at him in the suit and she's like Howard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, the man in yeah. uniform, do you? Yeah. <laughs> and we have, like, we've not even mentioned any of the cookies where he's like, oh, what's, and what's his real name? Uh, Bill Hartman? No. Uh, Arnold's actual name in this oh, movie. Howard Lynx. Howard. Oh, oh Howard. Liz's <laughs> cookies are so delicious. Oh, my God. Oh, what's so, that dude could eat my cookies? Yes. Well, he Put the cookie to, like, down. Uh, is mm-hmm. Liz there? No, she's in the shower, I think. You want me to go check? No. 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 <laughs> yes. Uh, there was definitely some adult humor sprinkled in there. There is. That you only get 
you know, there's at a certain of, age. And there's part of it too, like, and I won't dive deep into it, but there's multiple storylines happening in this movie. It literally could have just been Arnold going and looking for a toy. Right. But you have right. Arnold looking for a toy. Also, this whole side deal with Sinbad and everything that's going on. Plus, Ted now comes into the picture. And it's not like Ted steals his wife away. Like, Liz never falls for Ted. She hates right. Ted. Right. But there's still this part of it that you're like, why is this guy here? He's still trying his best. And Liz technically doesn't, like, push him away. Like, she makes weird faces at him to make you know, like, I'm not leaving my husband for you type deal. Right, but right. But still, like, there's this whole other story happening that makes the thing all move together, like, uniform. And so I do have to say I have respect for that and thankful for that, too, because there's so many movies that would have just been a sad dad going everywhere trying to find a toy. Right. Couldn't find it. You know, and they add, just by adding all these characters, same way with him running into the cop multiple times, didn't need to happen at all. But it adds into it like random little funny moments that you get when to throw in there. When you do it there. over and over and over again, it becomes funnier each time mm-hmm. until it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then if you keep doing it, it'll become funny again. They hit the right amount of times him running into that cop without it getting old. Well, even like the way they perfectly come back to the whole thing where at the end he's like, we could really use a man on the force like you, Turbo Man. And he turns around and he's like, thank you. Like He's like, sorry about this and this and, and this, this. Oh, yeah, and, and this, this. And the mm-hmm. bomb. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting arrested. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. But Sinbad right. is. But so. Sinbad is, yeah. Because Anyway. Um, unanswered questions. I've got a few that are kind of just like tongue-in-cheek, not really unanswered, but... Like, is Ted's non-alcoholic eggnog really non-alcoholic? Good question. I thought about it in the car. Did he drug the eggnog? Because he's trying to like get Liz, and he's like, hey, ever have some of my special non-alcoholic eggnog? And it's just like, oh, yeah? Conspiracies. Oh, yeah? I mean, look, I would not put it past Ted. Ted, by the end of the movie, is like definitely gone past the line. Well, you see that Ted got the minivan in the divorce. Like, it's the wood panel minivan. It's like... Classic. You're being a creep already. Now you've got her in the van. Right. And now you want her just to have some of your special eggnog. Like, no. No, Ted. Well, and this is also like, again, at a certain time where I feel like it... Like she, she was definitely laying down as much as she could without being very like bold about it. Mm-hmm. That she was not interested, and he was not picking it up. No. And I, literally, I was like, "Oh, I forgot he's gonna kiss her." Like, and I feel like now it in movies it might not have even gotten to that part, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just like, "Hey, maybe like take a take a." Hike, dude, or like, yeah. well, take a clue. Like, yes, she did everything she could to say no to him, but there was one moment whenever she's like, Ted, can you drive us yeah. to the break? That's true. Like she yeah. did that not That's for true. Ted, no. but to her no. coward. Yes, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So. But also I thought it was really interesting. Um, it, it did seem more modern in a way. Um, like, again, I feel like the Ted character did kind of cross the line. Also... I feel like now, knowing what we know now, a male neighbor would never remove an apron like that from a woman. Yeah, that was very creepy to watch. I was like, this is lit, you know? Mm -hmm. But what I thought was kind of interesting and like a modern twist is there are so many stories ad nauseum about predatory women preying on married men and I thought it was a nice like refreshing turnabout yeah. that there was a predatory man instead that there was like a single dude in the neighborhood trying to like get with you know mm-hmm. one of the married women like I just thought that was a refreshing kind of like gender for sure. swap for sure yeah um speaking of alcohol casually adding alcohol to your coffee gotta love kids Christmas movies 
I, look, I mean, who among us at Christmas time <laughs> is it? I did see like supplementing. <laughs> there was like some backlash about that. I don't remember what it was. Random yeah, read when I was looking. Were a little like, okay, this is a kids' movie. Why are they adding? Why are they drinking? Why are they alcohol? irishing Boy. up their coffee there on Christmas Eve? It's Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> they can't find a toy anywhere. You'd be drinking too. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, why did belching reindeer become the norm in late '90s kids' Christmas movies? True, because uh, it's funny. Okay. <laughs> I was going to do a I'm fake burp, question, but I decided not okay. to. Uh, wait, they saved Turbo Man for last in the parade? That's Santa's spot? Thank you. Oh, wait, no, wait. Okay, never mind. This is the wintertainment. Santa's not wintertainment. To be fair, I looked at it again. Because I literally I watched it yesterday because I was home half the day like with Sky while my mom wasn't there. Uh, and then I woke up at like 5 this morning, and while Erica was like feeding Sky, I was like, oh, yeah, this is what we're doing the podcast on. And I started playing it all over again this morning. So by the time we got to the end, I was like, wait a second. Is Turbo Man in front of Santa Claus? That's Santa Claus's spot. If you watch it. Turbo Man is the last thing in the parade. But if you watch the parade. Turbo Man is the reason for the season. That's true. But if you watch the parade. Turbo Man is leading Santa Claus into the parade. Santa Claus is behind Turbo Man. Okay. We just stopped the entire parade, though. So Santa Claus, I imagine, just takes a hard right. And he's like. Dude's flying. I can't do nothing for right. this. Right. Santa Claus is like, there. I don't have a jetpack. I have peppermint candies that I, I can throw. I have flying reindeer, but they're not here because they're too many yes. belching in front of some I have these hard candies there. that I can yes. throw directly at your child's face. I can throw I, little I, candy I canes out. I comment at Ted's house. Sorry. Yes. Okay, um, one more line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your mother? She's ever at Ted's house or ever petting Ted. Like, petting Ted. Yeah. Oh, that was funny. Where's your mother? <laughs> She's ever over, uh, next door petting Ted. Yeah. <laughs> She's what? <laughs> Forget about that. You're not keeping your promises. <laughs> oh, um, that was some good acting. For the last time, uh, there was a sequel in 2014 with Larry the Cable Guy. Why? And then I did some research and I found it. It's actually co-produced by WWE Studios and Santino Morello's in it. I saw and that. I'm like, I still don't want to see that. Why? 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 Hey, everything about um, that. Uh, why haven't we gotten a flying Iron Man in the Macy's Christmas Parade if we got flying Turbo Man in the 90s? Yeah, come on. Well, okay. That oh, was a fair, little that, bit that, of a jump the shark <laughs> moment. I'm like, this technology, like, this is not. It doesn't exist. There's okay. no way. Okay, one thing I forgot to throw in there. Uh, nitpick slash whatever. Sinbad literally launched, like, missile fires his hand at yes. Arnold. It flies back, lands, and he looks at it and wiggles his fingers. So that was literally his hand. It wasn't a robot thing. We You've literally done that before? we broke the whole like you know reality thing in that moment. Sure, jetpack breaks reality as well. <laughs> but just like I remember, like the hand firing off and then coming back and landing, and he looks at it and wiggles his fingers again. It's like that was literally Sinbad's hand. Like as right. a child, you didn't catch that. You're like, of course, Power Rangers do it all the time. Like, and speaking of which, bring Turbo Man and Dementor to the MCU, you cowards for sure. 100%. Also, I went back just because sometimes they do like a little meta thing mm-hmm. and I wasn't paying attention to like the first 10 minutes of the movie mm-hmm. really hard because I was trying to do something at the same time. And I went back and I, I thought it would have been hysterical if um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad had played Turbo Man and Dementor in the opening scene, yes, like just to be kind of like fourth wall mm-hmm. breaking. And they actually had actors, and I was like, "Oh man, that like that, I feel, that feels like a missed opportunity. That'd yeah. be hilarious." All right, anything else? Nope. Mm. All right, real quick, fun facts. Uh, Eric will be doing my fun facts okay. on the account of I have no fun facts. Cool. Well, did you realize you could buy a real Turbo Man action figure? I did. I did um, know that. I've searched multiple times, and they're very expensive on eBay. Well, here's the thing: they, the movie company rushed to create real Turbo Man action figures to be sold in Walmart alongside this movie. They sold for twenty five dollars, and only two hundred thousand were made. 
Mm-hmm. And think of how many got like broken when they got. So- I was say I'm picturing like in the Santa factory where all the parts just like mm-hmm. his head comes out of the box and it's all like and <laughs> broken then, up. And then for my fun fact, Sinbad says that he had a prototype of the Dementor doll, mm-hmm. um, but they but quote they said give it back and we'll get you the real one when it comes out. And dude, it never came out. <laughs> it took his vault back. They took yeah. Rude. Ashby so- earlier today shared Funko Pops where they have made them this year. Yeah. So cool, and I want them. Yeah, Funko I found that. also has released a Turbo Man doll, like, full in the box, cool. only available at Walmart. I googled it today. It said pick up today in Smithfield. I didn't have time. I ran out of time. I was literally going to Walmart today to go buy a Turbo Man doll. That would have been amazing. And I was going to hide it in Eric's closet, and I was going to do the whole, like, he's been in the closet the whole time, like we've been doing, and then open it, and <laughs> Turbo Man's in the house. <laughs> I was freaked out. <laughs> that Our guest so tonight. Weird. Here he is. It's Turbo Man. Wow. Turbo Man himself. Come Turbo. on out. I talked myself out of it. It's $35 to yeah, buy Yeah, that's him. kind of a... And $35? He's big. Like, he's Power Ranger size in his box, just like in the movie. The only difference is instead of, like, whatever the toy company was, like, Tiger Electronics... It says, like, Funko. Uh, it also says, like, a little Walmart sticker on there. And I think well, it says Jingle on the Way on the back. I know but, Turbo Man fought Dementia, but he didn't fight Lord Zed, okay? He's not anything like a Power Ranger. But don't put so. it past me. Like, the next time I'm in Walmart, if I see it, I'm going to fight. Like, I will battle myself. The little putty man, the little, like, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I'm looking the next time I go. It's so weird that his brain is out. I don't like it. I don't <laughs> Sorry. There's actually some comic lore there. For those that don't know, like, Eric just handed Ashby is Lord Zed Funko Pop. Like, just commenting about brains being out, it's a little odd. That's but, an actual character, not like any yes. kind of, like, but anyway, any kind of verbastic. I tried to run by today. This is not good. That this is not a visual <laughs> medium right now. I the brain is out. I was trying to run to Walmart today, and the interfender in my car blew out, so I had to stop on the side of the highway. I didn't make it. But there was the other part that was like, if we were a visual show, I would be late and run to Walmart. But again, I was like, this is going to be really fun for the three of us. Right, right. That nobody's going to get to see. And then yes. what am I going to do with it later? But there's still the part of me that I have a shelf at home with like Ninja Turtle toys on that I'm like, Turbo Man would fit up there just fine. So if I run across him in person, I may pick up a Turbo Man. And if so, we'll be sure to release him because right now it's still the end of October. And so this episode hasn't quite released soon. So Maybe. Well, we could do like a special Facebook say, Live. May, well, maybe when we do a special Facebook Live, like, that could be like a prize we give away. I'm not giving away Turbo Man. Okay, fine. I, I was going to say you give them to me. That would be a giveaway. No. Maybe we'll buy two. Is like, that how it works? I don't know. I was going to look to see if that phone go pops of it too, though. And then Ashby shared that picture today on Instagram. So I still would look. Cool deal. Uh, fun fact for you? Uh, sure. Uh, Phil Hartman made up a backstory for his character. Uh, so Ted has a backstory, according to Phil Hartman. He said, uh, Ted was probably joking for the film's official product. Well, no, I think Hartman says he was joking for the production notes, but you never know. But Phil Hartman said, Ted is a guy who sued his employer for headaches caused by toner fumes and now hangs around the neighborhood and helps all the housewives. Hartman said, and he also offered uh, to take on, sorry, my microphone's in front of my screen. Here we go. He also offered to take on how he was kind of being pigeonholed in Hollywood when he added, Ted's another weasel to add to my long list of weasel characters that I play. See, he knows. That's mm-hmm. true. He, look, at least, you, again, you're lane. You know your lane. Stick, mm-hmm. Stay in your lane. Cool. All right. Any more fun facts or are we just, we're good? To make I'll throw one in. Uh, okay. It was about the suits. Uh, I do have the DVD and I, I guess I have like a special edition because they go literally and t- like show you how the suit was made and everything else. Um, but 
the tight-fitting suits for like Turbo Man that they wear in the movie was created. First, they took like a mold of the body. So it was uh, Schwarzenegger and I think Ryoden is his last name is the stuntman for also the main character in the beginning of the movie as Turbo Man. Um, it said they cast rubber into it so they would fit properly into their suits. They also had a cooling system built into the suit so they wouldn't overheat. Um, it says there's very thin membrane vests that are filled with small plastic tubing that uh, is tightly coiled back and forth, and they run super cold water through it. Uh, so when they run it, it's like cold water right up against your body, and it was amazing. So we think about that. You know, you think about some even like maybe characters at Disney World or some other places. You know, at some point they started maybe adding a fan into like the Chick Fil A costume at Chick Fil A, but no, this was like full blown uh, water like cooled suits. I also saw where Sinbad's suit evidently didn't, and like whenever he was dressed as Dementor, he had this like giant head thing on. It was like a brain with water in it, and it said it got so hot that like the water was boiling inside the suit, the prop head. Oh, so he got real hot. It doesn't sound like he got the cooling suit the same way the other guys did. I think now modern, like the DC. Guys on the shows, I think their suits have that cooling. I would think thing. so. Yeah. Especially if you're like, because the same way we look at it, like we think this movie, like it's all, it's pretty, it's winter, but actually it's like April or May in California. Like it's probably warm while you're wearing these like super, you know, Honestly, moldy rubber suits. Honestly, when you say it like that, it doesn't sound as appealing, uh, you know, to be, you know, almost as unappealing as the fact that Turbo Man was almost called Turbo Guy. Turbo guy. Turbo guy. It's turbo time from the turbo guy. Yes, Turbo Man, the fictional hero made up for the movie, was almost going to be called Turbo Guy. He he could have also been the Turbo or Turbo Tom. They knew they wanted to be Turbo something. Mm. They just didn't know the rest. (laughs) So they apparently went through every option imaginable before they finally realized that Turbo Man was about as good as it gets. Well, I'd say it was a good choice. I mean, Iron Man, Batman. It's the obvious choice. Absolutely. Well, those are our fun facts. Um, I checked. We don't have any social media shout-outs. Um, well, we're running out of time. Let's go ahead and get to the end. A big thank you to Ricky Lyles for his contributions to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did and that you're as pumped for the rest of this journey in the pop culture as we are. We are out of time on today's episode, so why don't you guys hit them up with some last-minute plugs. Uh, so, just so you guys, I know you're following the social on the, you know, for the actual podcast, but we are also doing a lot of posting on our other social medias. Um, So again, I'm Ashby. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ashby Gray. That's G-R-A-Y. Yes, that's my real middle name. Um, And also we had a fun little idea. Eric had a fun idea to plug, you know, some charities that we're into or that we have recently given money to or whatever. Um, and so I would like to take this opportunity uh, to plug in the backlog, and you can find them at endthebacklog.org. Nice. Um, obviously, I'm Kyle Whitley. Uh, you can find me. I'm most on Instagram. I'm not really on Twitter ever, but it's underscore live underscore bright underscore. Uh, I don't necessarily have a charity that comes right to mind, but something that I did get this week uh, uh, Otis Frampton put out the volume number four of his comic series, Oddly Normal. Uh, it was, he had to put it out on a Kickstarter. I want to say it was two years ago that he started the Kickstarter. Uh, so I joined on cause I've, I got the first issue on free comic book one day. I think I even talked about it on our comic book series we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so coming into the fourth one, he started a Kickstarter to help get the money to fund it and to put it out there in the midst of it. He had a brain tumor. He had multiple issues where it got delayed beyond just COVID. Uh, but he has officially finished it now. It's in stores now in comic stores all around. Um, if you do look in the special notes 
my name does appear in there as a contributor. Nice. Uh, so it's very awesome. But I did get it in the mail this week, and I also got like a drawing and everything else along with it. Uh, but definitely, if you've never checked out Oddly Normal, it's definitely a very fun comic book. Um, it's, I want to say, almost all age-friendly. It's just something fun to do. And uh, like I said, number four just got put out in the last two, couple of weeks. So check it out if you haven't. Nice. Awesome. I'm, I'm Eric Creech. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Eric O. Mac 15. That's Eric O-M-A-C-1-5. And uh, my special shout-out is going to go to Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. Uh, he is a WWE wrestler slash uh, YouTube personality on the Up, Up, Down, Down channel. Um, also is a host on G4. And um, for those of you who aren't very into the wrestling world, uh, uh, Xavier Woods, Austin Creed, whatever, he's just been a favorite of mine for many, many years, and he's had this dream to bring back the King of the Ring tournament um, for through WWE, and he wanted to win it and become king, uh, you know, the champion winner. And he, they actually brought it back this year. He was in the tournament, and today he actually won the finals. Um, he said it was a lifelong boyhood dream of his to uh, to win the King of the Ring. So you can follow him at Austin Creed Wins, um, and just give him a congratulations. Uh, since that's his boyhood dream, I'm not gonna. Um, go that deep and say my boyhood dream was to uh, interview him or talk to him on a podcast, but it is my adulthood dream to one day get him uh, on a podcast or, or to appear on one of his social media things. So I'm going to tag him. Maybe y'all could tag um, tag him in some of our social media stuff and see if we can get that to happen because I think that'd be really cool. But uh, congratulations, Austin, uh, Austin Creed, a.k.a. Xavier Woods, on your King of the Ring victory. Uh, be sure to join us next week for our discussion on controversial Christmas movies. A quick explanation of that. Uh, you know, you have your movies that are obviously Christmas movies, Jingle All the Way, Santa Claus. Um, Rudolph. You know, Rudolph, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but then you have some movies that could not, you know, they're, they're classified possibly as Christmas movies, but they might not be. You know, think of like your diehards. Batman Returns. Batman Returns. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Uh, some would even argue Home, Home Alone, Alone. <laughs> as a controversial Christmas movie. Um, these are movies that aren't necessarily directly related to Christmas, but might have Christmas as a backdrop, um, you know, or as part of the scenery or whatever. Um, you can define it ever how you want to, but these are movies that are controversial, controversially Christmas movies. So we're going to talk about those movies next time on the podcast. This has been the What What Podcast. Stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. Tell them bye, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next time. Bye. What the what? I'll be back.